News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The president is now talking uh, to the media. The White House talking about how this isn't a recession. He's got an Inflation Reduction Act that he's all happy about. Let's go ahead and join it live in progress And additional here. funding for basic research and development yeah. in the cutting-edge industries of the 21st century. Investments! If the House passes this bill, I think, Speaker, I want to thank Speaker Pelosi. I think she's going to get it done for her leadership here. It has it has added to the benefit, it has the added benefit of creating what? tens of thousands of good-paying, additional good-paying jobs, lowering inflation. It's going to have the ability, the ability not only to compete with China for the future, but to lead the world and win the economic competition of the 21st century. You've heard me say a thousand times, we have to invest in research, development, and growth. I hope that the House is going to pass this bill today. My plea is, put politics aside. Get it done. Uh We need to lower the cost of automobiles, appliances, smartphones, consumer electronics, and so much more. He's got some cotton mouth. And you can't do it. All of these things are powered. Most everything in our lives is powered by these semiconductors and tiny computer chips. The size of a fingernail tip. No, they're not powered. We should pass this today and get moving. Fossil fuel. I know the compromise on the inflation bill doesn't include everything that I've been pushing for since I got to office. For example, I'm going to keep fighting in the future to bring down the cost of things for working families and middle class families that matter by providing for affordable and accessible things like affordable child care, affordable elder care, preschool, the cost of preschool, housing, keeping students with the co- and helping students with the cost of college, closing the health care coverage gap. You know, it's a fancy way of saying the health care coverage gap. Expanding Medicaid in states that refuse to do it and more. Look, Look. this bill is far from perfect. It's a compromise. But it is, it's often how progress is made, by compromises. And uh, the fact is that uh, my message to Congress is this. This is the strongest bill you can pass to lower inflation, cut the deficit, reduce health care costs, tackle the climate crisis, and promote energy security. All the time while reducing the burdens facing working class and middle class families. Is there anything this bill doesn't do? Pass it for the American people. Pass it for America. I'll have more to say in this later. Now I want to thank... Leader Schumer and and Manchin, Joe Manchin, Senator Manchin, for the extraordinary effort that it took to reach this result. Thank you. And let me speak to one other issue. Let me speak to one other issue. Oh, the GDP. Oh, yeah. And whether or not we are in a recession. Uh Uh-huh. Both Chairman Powell and many of the uh, um, uh, significant uh, Uh banking personnel and economists uh-huh. say we're not in recession. Uh-huh. But let me just give you what the facts are. Oh, good. In terms of the state of the economy. Yeah. Number one. I b- I'll believe this. We have a record job market <laughs> of uh, record unemployment of 3.6% today. We've created 9 million new jobs so far just since we become president. Oh, my Business God. are investing in America at record rates. At record rates. Foreign business like SK and others are investing in America. Hundreds of millions and 
uh, trillions of dollars, some total. Trillions. A hundred billion dollars in semiconductor investments already announced what do you by think? Intel, Samsung, and right. Texas Instruments. What do you think is going to happen when they get More the additional 15% tax on electric vehicle battery investments by Ford, General Motors, Hyundai, Tesla, and more? And just last week, as it had SK Corporation of the Republic of Korea announced $22 billion in new investment in semiconductor batteries, chargers, and medical devices, creating another 16,000 jobs here in America. And this is powering the strongest rebound in American manufacturing in over three decades, creating 613,000 613, manufacturing jobs. Passing the CHIPS bill is going to put another $72 billion for incentives and tax credits to expand. I think he should just, like, not eat dairy before public speaking. The Inflation Reduction Act will add another $370 billion in clean energy tax credits in reconciliation, including incentives to accelerate domestic production of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, He's just materials. he's just reading this like he's that face down, reading it out of like a prepared document uh, at the lectern. How confident are you that we're not heading towards a good recession? Are you going to ask Nico Pelosi to not go to Taiwan? What is going on? Is he just leaving? He is. He's just walked away. Didn't take a single question. Is that Miami Vice? That's what it sounded like. That did sound like Miami Vice, right? Total Miami Vice throwback. Was that his walkout music? Did they play walkout music over there? What was that, the East Room? Um, no questions. Of course, if it went anything like uh, the question that Peter Ducey tossed over to uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, that did not go well. Um, where's this audio? I do have the audio. Hang on a second. I just, uh, do, 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 do. yeah, here it is. This was from yesterday's press briefing. Come on. Then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession? No, we're not redefining recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. That is not the definition. Brian Deese said in 2008, of course, economists have a technical definition which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I can tell you this. And yes, said two two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It is not. It is not. Why did he say that it was? It is not. I can speak to to you to what he said yesterday in front of all of you, which is the last thing that you just repeated. All right, so Joe Biden said in the past that the definition is the technical definition is two quarters back to back negative growth, which I hate that term. It's it's contraction. It's shrinkage. And so he said that. And now he's saying the exact opposite. And she's like, well, I can only speak to what he said yesterday. Why? Why? He said something before and now he's saying something different. Did he did, did he have a change of opinion about this? Like what prompted this change of opinion? I mean, besides the fact that he's in charge while this is occurring now. What changed? Democrats are about to double the size of the IRS as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. Kyle Smith, uh, he's a film critic for the Wall Street Journal. 
and a theater critic for New Criteria. He says, think again if you think that the IRS is going to extract more revenue from those rich folks and corporations who already hire the smartest and costliest accountants. Who do you think the enforcement actions are going to be targeting? Do you think they're going after the corporations that have the army of accountants and lawyers? Or do you think they're going to go after the the, the smaller, uh, maybe small business owner or individuals who are doing, you know, TurboTax and uh, H&R Block software? You think they may be going after those folks? What do you think? And And you're touting all of this business investment. Joe Biden, you just heard him touting all this business investment, all these foreign countries and or, uh, companies from, uh, you know, uh, they're coming here and they're they're investing in, in America. Do you think they continue to do so when you slap an extra 15 percent corporate income tax on them? Like, are, are you an idiot or do you think we are? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, The Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete Callender, just in case there was any misunderstanding. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com and on Twitter at Pete Callender. And, oh, remember, get the podcast. comes free right to your smartphone or tablet. Uh, we strip out all of the commercials and you get just the content uh, right to your smartphone or tablet. Soon after the hour has ended. So like hour number one has already posted. You get it. I mean, you can actually catch up. If you just operate on a a bit of a leg, you can catch up and then be all caught up at the start of the next hour. So uh, this is the, uh, what is she, the policy, yeah, policy director for the Center for Renewing America. And uh, her name is Paige Augustin, Augustin, Agustin. Anyway, she says, hi, my name is Recession, but I identify as strongest economy in history. And my pronouns are Biden's America, (laughs) y'all. This is gaslighting, folks. It is a form of psychological abuse. It is. This is what gaslighting looks like. It's what it sounds like. It's what it feels like. Here's a tweet. It's a Pete tweet. From Jay Reynolds, he says, did the people vote for this? Any constituents say that we want the IRS to be more tyrannical? Right. Was that was that on anybody's radar during the uh, 2020 election cycle? Did you hear? Did you hear anybody clamoring for, you know what we need to do is we need to expand the ranks of the IRS, which again, disclaimer, I love the IRS and everybody that works there. They're awesome. Anyway, we need to expand the ranks of the IRS. And we need to have them step up audits and enforcement. We need to go after everybody. Did anybody say that on the campaign trail? Was that one of the issues? I I mean, I I feel like I was paying attention. I know I was paying attention. I never heard that as one of the the platforms or planks in a platform, I should say. Email from JD. It says, it is so painful to listen to the president try to speak on anything because of the blatant lies he spews. Forget all of the verbal gaffes. He and his puppet masters are full steam ahead at destroying this country. I also got a uh, a link here to a T-shirt after I mentioned that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But I believe that all presidents for a very long time have 
have access to certain drugs that help juice them, give them energy, right? Just like, I mean, think about it. I mean, just doesn't that make sense? I also think it gives them uh, gray hair. You ever see the pictures before and after? They're like, hey, look at me. I'm newly elected president. I'm young. I'm, I, I have vim and vigor, and I have, I have jet black hair or, or brown hair. And, and then, like, fast forward, like, seven days, and they got gray hair. Oh, I know, I know. It's just it's the pressures of the office. Look, as one who started turning gray in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, I get it. But I also think it might be a side effect of the drugs that they get. No, think of it in terms of like the the chef, right? They get the best chef that cooks to the president anything he wants at any time. Which, well, unless right, unless it's Donald Trump because he just ate McDonald's, from what I understand. <laughs> oh, because of COVID, nobody. <laughs> right? No, oh, and ice cream. That's right. The whole ice cream scandal. He got two scoops. Whatever. Um. I mean, this is how stupid we are. Like, people argue over the two scoops. That's news. And then, and then, and then, with Joe Biden, it's yo know, chocolate, chocolate chip. What is it with presidents and ice cream? Anyway, this T-shirt Tim sent me. It's a T-shirt that says, "I need new conspiracy theories because all of my old ones have come true." <laughs> I've run out of them. Uh, if it just makes sense, if you think about it logically, right? If I'm the president, I get access to the uh, the best food. Right. And so why wouldn't I get access to the best? I I don't say drugs like, you know, cocaine or anything. I mean, unless, of course, you're, you know, Hunter Biden's father. No, that would be. Yeah. All right. Too soon. Okay, too soon. But you would probably have access to IVs. I mean, they have these clinics now set up all over the place. Haven't you heard of these things where you go in and you can like hook up and get a transfusion? So after you go out drinking the night before, you go, yeah, like you show up at these, I forget what they call them. They're not juice bars. That's a different thing. But it is kind of like a juice bar to some degree. Let me go over here to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Hey, if I was any better, I'd be in heaven, Pete. How about you, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. (laughs) Yeah, I was calling this wondering if these new auditors of the IRS are going to go after the people uh, that... uh, Take advantage of the child tax credit and earned income credit. Mm. You know, where you live, you know, where, you know, you're living with your parents, you know, you got three or four kids from different daddies. And well, I wonder. So one, I remember seeing per year. I remember seeing some analysis that was done about who tends to get targeted uh, by audits. And it, uh, if I remember correctly, it was actually lower income people. It wasn't. It, it wasn't even the really rich people. It was because the like. There's this. I mean, think about it. It makes sense. If you're going to go after somebody and they got a lot of money, uh, yes, they could be engaged in fraud of some kind, and then you could extract penalties and stuff like that from them. But they also have the means to hire people to fight you. Whereas if you go after people of lesser means, they don't, and so they are more likely to just sign up for a repayment plan just to make you leave them alone. Yeah, as a tax preparer, I've actually, you know, read statistics where mainly people with Schedule C. Yeah. That's the one that they really scrutinize, but I've actually had to run people out of my office where the one of the uh, adult children are sitting there and say, hey, Mom, you take these two, and I'm going to take uh, these two. And I just tell them, you know, go down the street. Uh, the, it's not going to get done in my office. But, wow. Uh, 
Yeah, that's done more so than what you really realize. No. Yeah, no, I would imagine it happened. Like, hey, I've told uh, this story before. I uh, had a neighbor who had, you know, grown sons, and uh, the reason she and her uh, longtime live-in uh, significant other, why they didn't get married, was because if he if they did, then his income would count, and they would lose uh, Medicaid for the kids. So they stayed yeah, they not married. Claim uh, there for their taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jeff, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. A couple of emails to get to. Email address, by the way, Pete at the Pete show.com. And that's Callender with a K. Uh, this one is from, from Brett. He says, Pete, any chance that the Biden administration began selling our oil abroad to lessen what they knew would be a terrible GDP report? That It's possible. Anything is possible, Brett. It, I don't know. They did not. I mean, they're not going to tell me that. I didn't ask either, so it's probably my own fault. Dan says, as the old joke goes, with Joe Manchin here as the target, um, Madam, we've determined what you are. Now we are just negotiating price. Politics, it works just like the world's oldest profession. And Stan says, Pete, if you raise interest rates to control inflation, but the government just keeps creating more money out of nothing— and then spending it into circulation, what's the point? Uh, well, obviously, Stan, the point is shut up, racist. I think. No, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. This is all about electoral optics. And of course, yes, if you can get some policy done underneath that. But I mean, why do you think they called it the Inflation Reduction Act, right? They call it this so they could go out and say, I passed the Inflation Reduction Act. They can get some headlines that say, passes Inflation Reduction Act. And, and again, remember, having the big D shield, you know, it, one of the benefits, one of the perks that comes with that is you get stenographers that just regurgitate and assume as sort of the baseline assumption what your narrative is. And then all things build off of that. Now, I don't know if... The American public is stupid enough to believe the gaslighting versus, you know, the the draining uh, uh, resources in their bank accounts. I, I don't think so. I think people probably have a pretty good idea when they go broke, right? I think people have a pretty good idea that, huh? All of a sudden, I, I, I can't, I can't afford the same groceries that I used to buy. I have the same list. I go, this, I get the same thing all the time, and now all of a sudden, I, I can't afford it. They can't afford to go out to eat as often. Like the ripple effects are massive. This is a, I heard also, uh, Jean, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, but, uh, but the, the press secretary. She was doing an interview outside. This wasn't from the press briefing. But she says that this isn't a recession. This is a transition. Okay, well, that's terrifying. This is a transition to, to where we just keep getting... More and more shrinkage, it just keeps, or are you saying that you're, oh, we're, no, we're turning the ship, you see. See, it was like one and a half percent shrinkage last quarter, it's 0.9 this quarter, although if you back out the Strategic Petroleum Reserve 
export uh, surplus, if you take that out, uh, then we would actually be somewhere around negative two and a half percent. But she's saying she called the transition. So maybe she wants us to believe that, see, it's not as bad as it was the first quarter. And so it's now it's on the it's on the upswing. And a recession is not two consecutive quarters of contraction, as everybody has always defined it before. But now they want us to believe that it's not that. I think this is simply about optics. That's what it's about. This is to try to uh, to blunt the news in the hopes that the next quarter is going to be better. Because if the next quarter comes in, I mean, I understand, like, right now you're playing this definitional game because, of course, they're leftists and that's what they do. Uh, they're playing, oh, it doesn't really mean that. It means something else. Uh, what's the definition of this and all that? Right? They're playing these word games right now. Six months of economic contraction, it's hard to hide that from people who are experiencing it. And if you go forward, we have, what, another quarter before the election, before the midterms? We'll have another round of reporting. And I think what they're doing is holding their breath, hoping that they can get back to even. Hopefully, please, 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 that we get to positive growth. And then they could say, we've turned the corner. Yay us, our policies are working. But if they can't, if they get another quarter of contraction, they're done. It's, you, can't, you cannot explain away. You can't redefine your way out of three consecutive contractions. You can't do it. Can't do it. They also need to placate their, uh, their left-wing climate change base. Very, they're very frustrated, right? They're very frustrated. They chained themselves. Okay, well, they didn't. Cha- well, in Charlotte, they did. I'll get to that. But they they've been they've been super gluing themselves to works of art. One person uh, uh, put quick set concrete on his hand and concreted himself to a sidewalk, which, as I understand it, that probably left some serious burns on his hands. Anyway, uh, the, the the idiots in Charlotte, these guys put bike locks around their necks and chain themselves to doors until they were told to leave. And then apparently they just opened them up and left and they left the bike locks there. Like almost the least you can do as part of a protest. But uh, this is the radical base, the sunrise movement. Oh, and by the way, here we go. This is today. Um, This afternoon, actually 5 PM rain or shine Marshall park in uptown Charlotte. There's going to be a press conference because the North Carolina utilities commission is doing a hearing on the Duke Energy Carbon Plan. The Duke Energy has its proposed carbon plan, and they're doing these public hearings around the state, and one of them is in Charlotte, and it's today. And so you got a bunch of groups that have decided to call a press conference. Listen to the groups in the press conference. I mentioned Sunrise Movement. These are the mainly like high schoolers. You know, they like, oh, I got a great story on this one. This is hilarious. You got, All right. So the so we have one in the one here in Charlotte, you know, Sunrise Charlotte, but there was a sunrise, there is a sunrise Asheville. And they went into City Hall and remember the city council is completely comprised of Democrats in Asheville, okay? So they go into City Hall demanding action on climate change now. We can't wait. Climate can't wait, right? They get all the slogans and they're chanting and all this. And they're like, we're going to get arrested. We want to get arrested. Arrest us. We're, we're sitting in without sitting. We're standing in and we're going to block the entrances and all this. And there's like, you know, 20 of them. So the, this is the story I was told. 
All right. APD, Asheville police officer, goes in there and they say, all right, uh, you got a lot of people here. Y'all are willing to get arrested. That's right. Arrest us. Arrest us. Okay. All right. Look, the hallways here are pretty tight. All right. Uh, you got a lot of people uh, in here. Uh, tell you what, how about can we walk you through this door? We'll go out into this little uh, back parking lot area and then I'll start processing everybody for arrest. So they all file out. They go into the parking lot. And as the last one walks out the door, he closes the door and he locks it behind them. <laughs> he evacuated the building, basically. He got them all out of there and, and didn't arrest any of them. <laughs> and, well, it, I don't know. I doubt that trick will work again. But, I mean, they were high school students. They didn't see it coming, you know. Again, there you go. Never trust an agent of the state. That's it. Never <laughs> So anyway, you got a news conference this afternoon in Marshall Park. You're going to have Sunrise Charlotte there hosting this press conference ahead of this Duke Energy Utility Commission carbon plan hearing. Okay, who else is going to be there? A group called 350 Charlotte. Never heard of them. But Charlotte Mecklenburg NAACP. Here's the uh, press release that went out. The future of the planet depends on organizations like Duke Energy to cut carbon emissions and steer towards renewables and uh, renewable energies, uh, sources like solar and wind. While long-term investments will allow us to cut energy costs and take an economic burden off of the people of North Carolina, making it more affordable by being more expensive. Duke's proposed plan relies too heavily on coal, gas, and what they call here unsustainable energy sources. I don't even know what that means. You got coal, you got gas, and then you list unsustainable energy sources. You know what that is, I'm assuming? I'm assuming it's nuclear. It's nuclear. Nuclear. I'm, th I'm thinking that's what that is because they don't say the word nuclear. And the way you know that a climate activist is full of garbage, well, yeah, usually it's just the fact that they're a climate activist, but beyond that, if they don't have nuclear as part of the solution to emissions control, then they're not actually serious about emissions control. They're actually more serious. Their objective is to implement a new socioeconomic uh, program. It's not about energy. That's why I call uh, a lot. You know, a lot of these environmental wackos. They are uh, they're they're watermelons. Watermelons, green on the outside, red on the inside. Because the answer is always more government controls. It's funny how that happens. I've never understood, never understood why that soda company did not use this song for their brand. Right? Orange Crush Soda? What's the deal? Why would you just leave that one out there? It's like, just take the layup. It's right there. Take the song. Use the use it. Pay the pay REM whatever. It's Crush, right? Orange, anyway, um, Joe Manchin flips or caves or whatever. I don't care what you want to call it. I mean, Joe Manchin. He's a Democrat. I said at the very beginning of all of this, I don't trust him, and I and I won't trust him. And get a load of this, Phil Kirpin. From American Commitment, he uh, he got a copy of the bill, Section 13901. So Section 13901, right? That's the section of this bill. 
it increases the tax per ton on underground mines. Coal. Coal. It increases the tax on coal. Dude's from West Virginia, and he just signed on to a pretty steep increase in the tax on coal. Let's see here. It goes from 50 cents. So everywhere in the law where it goes from 50 cents, it now goes to $1.10. That's a more than doubling. 25 cents goes to 55 cents. And a 2% uh, uh, provision goes to 4.4%. <clears throat> so they are jacking the taxes on coal. That's what Joe Manchin just agreed to. That's what he's going to that's what he's going to do. Would love to see some folks ask him about it. But like I said, this is about placating a base in the Democrat Party that has been super frustrated by Joe Biden and his team not getting stuff done for them. And even in the uh, the legislature, them not getting climate change uh, proposals passed. And so they had to give them something. They had to get somewhere. And that's why I think Schumer was, you know, willing to play ball with Manchin. I don't know why Manchin is playing ball as he did. Uh, That's beyond me. But who knows? Maybe he's ready to just go be a lobbyist or something. I don't know. Um, How are they going to pay for all of the new spending? Oh, sorry. Investments. How are they going to pay for it? 15% minimum tax on corporations that earn more than $1 billion in annual profits. Now, because this is the AP story... I don't know if what they're telling me is true. And it's not that I'm ascribing an evil motive here. I just don't know if they know the difference between profits and profit margins. Right. Like I don't I don't know if they're talking about I don't know if they're talking about revenue versus the margin. Because when they say profits, a lot of times media people just say profits when they mean revenue. So if a company has a billion dollars in revenue, but then they have losses They don't pay any taxes and companies, the bigger they are, the more accountants and, you know, tax professionals they can find to help them take advantage of every single tax break that is in the code. If you here, if you want corporations to, quote, pay their fair share, which is what Joe Biden said today in his comments, he said that they have to begin to pay towards that this this uh, inflation fighting package, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 Uh, which will not actually reduce inflation, but he said they had to begin to pay towards their fair share. So this isn't even what they want. This This is just the first bite at the apple. This is their first attempt. They want it to be more, to begin to pay towards their fair share. So whatever the corporations are paying, because he said something about all the companies that are Fortune 500 and they don't pay taxes. The reason they don't pay taxes is because you idiots wrote the tax laws. You guys wrote the tax laws, and so then the companies get to use those laws to avoid paying all the taxes. Why don't you unwind some of those? How about that? How about you have fewer tax laws and you just have like a flat rate? North Carolina has done this, right? We're not going to micromanage all of this stuff. You know what? You get a standard deduction, or if you want to itemize it, you can do so, but the rates are going to be the flat. It's a flat thing for everybody. And what happens then is that you have people who make more money. They're going to pay more in real dollars. They're going to pay more. 
And with the increased standard deduction, people on the lower end of the income scale, they don't pay anything because it's a standard deduction. Come on, guys. But no, you want to put you want to pick winners and losers. This is what it's about, right? This is one of the reasons why any attempt, any attempt to change the way the tax system works, you know who you know who lobbies against it? You know who the biggest proponents of the current tax system is? You know who is? It, yeah, it's the tax filing companies. H&R Block, uh, TurboTax, and I used, I used Intuit TurboTax. I used them for years. I used H&R Block as well. They don't, they don't want this, this system dismantled. Talk about dismantling systems of oppression. Why don't you guys start there? Instead of, instead of doubling enforcement at the IRS, which, again, disclaimer, I love everybody that works at the IRS. They're all fantastic. But why not, why not go after that, right? Why not make it easier for people to pay taxes, and when you do that, you know what happens, by the way? More people do it. Right, more people will pay taxes. And if there's no way around it because you're not getting breaks and stuff like that, you're not getting preferential treatment, if, you, if you're not getting that, then you don't have to worry about enforcement because everybody just has a certain number. It's a certain rate. You apply that to your income, and boom, you're done. And there, there's none of this writing down stuff and trying to, you just, you just wipe it all away. This is why this goes to what Milton Friedman talked about, how most government programs are actually middle class jobs programs. Think about who works in government. Think about all the people that work at the IRS. I'm just I'm not picking on them, although they do pick on people. But like, I'm not picking on them. I'm 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 kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just but not really like. The people that work at the IRS are solid middle class, upper middle class because of the salaries that they command, right? So when you expand these agencies, these are jobs programs for middle class workers. And the idea there also for the Democrats is that when you expand them, then you're you're hiring your voters. And it's a money laundering operation. Limbaugh used to talk about this. He's exactly right on it. That you have people that go to work for government, they have a paycheck, the paycheck uh, uh, comes from taxpayers, and then those people who are drawing the taxpayer funds for their pay turn around and give it to Democrats to keep them in power, to raise their salaries, to take more money from taxpayers, right? The person paying is the taxpayer. I know people get mad with me when I say this. Government employees, and this is not a disparagement, but it is a truth. Your tax consumers, your tax money consumers, you're not tax producers. I'm sorry. That's not a slur. I'm... By the way, apparently the Wikipedia page over what a recession is, is uh, it is a battlefield right now. Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus says, go take a look at it. You want to see news speak at work.